This week, we are joined by Adrian Tomchangi, who currently resides in Helsinki, Finland. We talk with Adrian about how she developed her love of the bartending industry, her time spent working at hotel bars in the north of Finland, as well as Helsinki, the importance of an education gained in a bartending school, and the fine art of a balanced cocktail. Enjoy this week's show. Welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip. This is Dan. How's it going, Dan? Well, wonderful. Thanks. Uh, no real complaints, actually. Oh, well, well not for me. Oh, I got tons if you want to listen. That's yeah, <laughs> how are things going for you? Oh, it's terrible. We got to get something's got to change um, with these restrictions and rules, or uh, a lot of more places are going to go out of business. But you know, you can hear me whine about this every week, or we can just talk to our guests. Right. To <laughs> we guests. have Adrian Tomchani <laughs> with us tonight. Uh, it's uh, coming to us straight from Finland, so that's going to be a great episode, of course. And if you uh, want to check out some of our previously great episodes, uh, they're all available in our archives, the industry right. podcast, wherever you listen. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Helps us out. And um, shout out to Zach Hanna Design, as always, Z-A-K-H-A-N-N-A-H for all the amazing artwork he does for us. And there'll be a link to his Instagram profile on the bottom of the show notes, as always. Mm. Uh, so uh, let's just get right to it. Adrian Tomtani, how are you doing? Hello, welcome everyone. I yeah. am quite great, thank you very much. Definitely better than the weather right now here. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's not that great here either. Um, the, you, so you're coming from Finland, you're in Helsinki right now? Uh, yes, I am living in Helsinki, but I'm actually officially, uh, originally, I'm, I'm coming from Hungary, from Budapest. Right. Okay. And uh, I moved to Finland in 2000, 2011. Uh, I was studying in Hungary between 2005 and 2009 in uh, uh, catering industry school. I was studying as a bartender. And basically, right after I wanted to pretty much just learn some languages, and then I decided to move. And first I went to Poland. I was studying there for a while, and then I went to Finland, and then I stayed here, and since then I'm, I'm here. So, yeah, you did, you did a lot of your education, bartending education, in Budapest. Uh, so what prompts the move to Finland? Is there just a better cocktail scene in uh, fin in Helsinki or is it a bigger city? Or like Budapest is a pretty big city, so. Uh, well, in that point, actually, I didn't uh, even, I wasn't really even sure if I want to be a bartender. I just wanted oh. to kind of travel more. And uh, I wanted to get more experience with this whole industry. And I wanted to see a little bit more the world. Right. Okay. So that's why I went to, to Poland as well. And that's why I came to Finland. <laughs> I must say, to be totally frank, by that time, I didn't really, really know anything about Finland. Yeah. Like, how is the cocktail culture and anything. So, but then I realized that I kind of like it here, although the weather is quite bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really cold here all the time. Uh, but, um, yeah, as you said that in, in, in Hungary and in Budapest, the cocktail culture is actually, uh, way bigger. And I also started to realize in here, the things I think started to, to open in the past few years, maybe five, six years that the industry industry started to grow quite much. Uh, well, somehow I see an opportunity in this as well, of course, because, um, compared to other European countries or 
everywhere else in the world, we are still behind. But uh, that doesn't mean that the things cannot be changed here. Right. Uh, okay, so talk to us a little bit about like the differences in... So were, you, um, so were you also working in bars when you were in Poland? Uh, yes, it was a hotel um, hotel bar as well. Okay. Hotel, I don't know if you heard about it. So maybe you can uh, give us sort of an idea about how all of these places are a little bit different in the industry scene. Like, are they, are they, is it similar? Are there stark differences? Uh, well, I think these are quite similar. These hotel bars are everywhere. Yeah. There's not really difference. I, I don't really see anything. Maybe what I think that uh, Finland is quite a different place from, compared to the other uh, European countries, because the, the main thing here that um, is very difficult to to get some spirits, for example, for us, oh. because the alcohol law is very strict. So every time you want to get something unique, either way you pay a lot mm-hmm. or you have to find your way, like travel abroad and something like that. Mm. Yeah, so, so that's we, why it's, it's very difficult to grow here. We have that issue here in Ontario as well because we have something called the Liquor Control Board of Ontario in uh, in, the, in the province of Ontario in Canada. And essentially anything we want has to go be sold by them. We can't legally sell any alcohol that doesn't come through the LCBO. And they decide what they bring in. So we can't even just request, oh, can you bring this spirit in from the U.S. or whatever. They decide and that's what we're stuck with. So... It's a similar problem that you ha- that you have, I think. Um, what's the situation? Uh, we always kind of like to talk about this at the beginning. Like, what is the situation regarding the pandemic in Helsinki right now? Are bars open? Or, or? Uh, most of the places are actually open, which is a quite good thing. Uh, of course, in the very beginning, we also closed, like everyone else. Um, but since then, since the summer, of course, everything is open. Um, but with the limited time, we can be open until 11 o'clock. And of course, uh, we have much less customers right now, which is a big problem. And uh, a lot of places are closing. Uh, so it's, it's quite difficult. Otherwise, with the numbers, actually, we are doing quite well. It's 30,000, which is not that bad. And uh, thank God the government is not so strict here, so everyone can pretty much go freely and do whatever they want. Uh, it's not mandatory to wear the mask here. And uh, hmm. yeah, I must say that in in the whole Europe, I think Finland is so far, in my personal opinion, they are doing really well. Oh, that's good. And it's nice that you're able to still work. So what's the bar that you're working at right now? Uh, right now, I'm working in a center in Helsinki. It's an Italian restaurant. Um, and um, <laughs> what's the word? I forgot. Um, jazz bar. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and so are you, are you still able to have live music right now? Because that's one thing that we're not really allowed to do. Uh, well, we had in two weeks ago. But since then, <laughs> not really. Because now we don't really have so much customers. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah problem okay so when you're you you start your career bartending back in budapest though right uh yes okay so talk to me about how you got into the industry originally what drew you to it oh well because of course i was studying there Mm -hmm. then i just ended up and um 
I was working in a couple. They, they were always actually restaurant bars or hotel bars. It was never really uh, a cocktail bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just <laughs> I just felt that that was always the, 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 the way I wanted to kind of go to, to be in this hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was never really... F- Wanted, not, it's not the word that is never really wanted, but somehow I never really went to a real cocktail bar. I, somehow I always preferred to be in a hotel or a restaurant, but I felt it's a little bit more comfy or easy or the customs may be a little bit more easier to, to handle there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so when you're working, yeah, it's the part of being the hotel bar is it's a little more simple with regards to what you're making, right? Like you're generally getting, I mean, people coming into a hotel bar, they, they drink the classics, they drink beer, wine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, and then at at this point you decide, sorry, did did you move to Finland and then come back to go to Budapest to go to school? Is that how it went? Uh, I went back for one more year to, to finish the school and to to Hungary and then I moved back to, okay. to Finland and since then I'm pretty much here. And uh, do, do, how do you feel that the education part helped with your career? Do you feel like if that was because like, I we, it's different in every country and sometimes we have a lot of people who go to bartending school here in Canada and then they find that it was kind of a waste of their time they probably could have got the same info just by working. Um, so did you find that it was helpful? In a way, it was, yeah, it was helpful because, of course, you can learn the basic uh, mm-hmm. drinks. But, of course, you learn when you work. Mm-hmm. So the, this, these two things you cannot ever compare because one thing what you study in the school and what they say for you how to do, but the reality is something totally different. So Right. Um, okay, so uh, you're in... Um... Budapest, you're working in a hotel bar. Then you go to Poland, and you're also you also was also a hotel bar there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so you're clearly drawn to the hotel bar experience. Is there? Uh, I know you mentioned it just seems like a more cozy situation, but is there anything else, or is just it was just what you were comfortable with? Well, I think that was what I felt comfortable with mm-hmm. mostly. <laughs> so are these like big chain hotels, or mostly, or more like boutique hotels? Uh, there was different kind. There was big chain hotel as well. There was more authentic uh, hotels. There was one on the north of Finland as well. It was more like an authentic that they were uh, mostly focusing on the on tourists. It was quite um, uh, on the north, and then we had a lot of skiing competition, this kind of thing. So they were. Mm-hmm pretty much focusing on the on the authentic Finnish right. uh, style of restaurant or bar. Okay. Um, so if you're working in those hotel bars, there's some point obviously along the line that you decide that you're getting more interested in, in crafting cocktails. When did that start happening for you? I think I started to take it seriously in 2016, 2017, something like that. That was the moment when I decided to to actually take this uh, BA, the bartending school. And uh, I met with a fantastic teacher, with a fantastic guy, and then he taught me a lot 
And uh, that was the moment that I realized that, oh, okay, well, this is something I really, really want to do for quite a long time because I always felt interested about uh, combining different kind of flavors and to understand how to make a great drink that is going to be on the point, is going to look fantastic, is, is going to get the acidity, is going to get the sugar, and just to make something that how it should be that that, that mm. this is something really good yeah yeah so uh, we talk a lot about balance and cocktails on the show um and so obviously that's something you're familiar with like what 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 are some of the keys that you find in making a like a well-balanced drink uh what do you mean exactly like the well so the mean, ingredients so, or yeah, yeah sort of or like what kind of um like you were mentioning sort of acidity and sugar and like how, how well you... i think that for me the, the most difficult is to still figure out like um for example if i do a drink when do i have to use a normal caster sugar and when it's better to use for example sugar syrup and mm. when do i have to use lemon lime and how to combine in what proportion because uh, every time you can get a totally different uh, result because for example if you use um, sugar syrup your 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 drink tend to be more like uh, watery mm -hmm. so it's still i feel it's more difficult for me to to find the balance that okay right now i, I have to use this ingredient and that ingredient and mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's, it takes a while to get that right. I mean, I feel like you never really get to the point where you know exactly what you're doing at all times. <laughs> no, and exactly. And that's the thing that the, I feel the more and more I try to read after, the more and more I try to search after, I find so many different kind of informations that after some point it's just you feel that you are uh, somehow alone and you have to decide, okay, well, that's the way you do and that's it. Right. And it really, there's no, no substitution for just making drinks. Like you can read as much as you want, but, and it's not that that stuff isn't helpful, but really what I always have found that it's the hands-on crafting of the cocktails, just trying shit and seeing what works. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, having, uh, creating a cocktail list. We've talked about that with some other people on the show. Uh, wh what do you think goes into crafting a perfect uh, cocktail list? Well, what I really, really like to use actually for most of my drinks, uh, I think it's actually one of the things that most of the people doesn't really like is Campari. <laughs> Somehow I'm a huge fan of Campari and everything what is bitter, I always go with those things because I just feel that for me, for my personal taste, a perfect drink goes with something super bitter oh, and something super herbal. Yeah, I love that too. The problem is, like ninety percent of your guests want something that's sweet. Exactly. Exactly. If only we could just make lists just to please ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. Actually, most of the bartenders are like the things what most of the customer shit doesn't really like. So. Yeah, it's true. And like, you, you, it's great for your industry friends who come in and drink, but then. Like you always have to have at least one of those fucking sugary. <laughs> Finally, <Yeah. laughs> someone yeah. understands me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you always have to have one of those sugary cocktails on because that's the one that's going to get ordered the most. I know when we open Sugar Run, uh, my head bartender at the time made all these 
like super um, beautifully crafted rum cocktails for a rum bar. And when he, <laughs> and then he made one drink, like his girlfriend at the time was like, well, there's nothing for girls to drink when they come in. Like not to, not to make it about girls versus boys, but like, like a sweet cocktail. And he's like, okay, I'll just make one that you'll like. And it has, it's still on our list. It's by far the top seller. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> I feel the same. I feel yeah. the same. But every time when I'm trying to put my favorite drinks to the menu, it's just somehow, I feel that they are just not moving. I mean, like compared to a sweet drinks, they always go with the super sweet, super, mm. super fruity sweet and... Uh, well, this is something that, uh, yeah, and I, fucking, gonna... I, I fucking hate it because <laughs> just like, I, I, I'm like, I hate drinks like that. I hate really, I, I'm like you, I always tend to like bitter or alcohol forward drinks rather than like the sugar and fruit forward drinks. And, but that's, that's not what the people want. <laughs> that's a pity. Yeah. What are you going to do though? Right. <laughs> We, we need to open bars that are just for bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a fantastic idea, I think. <laughs> yeah, if, if you can get enough of them, I guess. But the problem is they'd all be working. Um, <laughs> so you're, uh, what's the scene like? Like you're saying it uh, in Helsinki is sort of developing the cocktail scene. Do you feel like you're having an influence on that now that you've gotten your um, education and you're making your own list? Uh well, influence, I would say maybe not yet. Um, but yeah, it, in here, it's a, it's a very, very slow process. It's a very, very slow process because uh, in Helsinki, actually, I think maybe we have five, six, something like that, cocktail bars. I don't know how many is going to survive. I really hope that all. Uh, but somehow I feel that the problem is that still the customers for for them it's it's still not there yet mm. to understand uh, that the difference between a beer and a cocktail. Yeah, and it takes to, some time to, to, to convince them to yeah. pick a, a cocktail rather than a something else. And there's a certain amount of education that goes into it with your um, client base as well, right? Like I know, like when I first opened the for, uh, the first cocktail bar in this town was kind of like the first one that was really focused on craft cocktails. And you got to figure out, like people need to figure out why am I paying like this much for a drink when I could just get like a beer, right? <laughs> and trying, exactly. you're trying to convince them that like, okay, well, there's a lot of work that goes into it. This is a this is a work of art. It's a it's a process. Like the labor hours, all that stuff that goes into it. It's hard. To, it is hard when you're doing it for the first time. Yeah, because somehow you have to, in a way, you have to educate your customs to to make them understand that okay, you may gonna get a half liter beer for let's say ten euros, mm -hmm. and then you can have for twelve euros a, a brilliant cocktail to to somehow convince them to not pick the damn beer and go <laughs> with the cocktail yeah. because. You put the energy there. You put your 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 soul, your inspiration. Everything is there. It's a long process, I think. Mm, it it's is. Long, long now, here's a question: Being the cocktail bar and hotel, are most of your clients uh, like tourists, or do you get a, a lot of locals as well from Helsinki? Uh, well, in my previous workplace, actually, I was I was in the airport, so definitely oh, that was right. mostly oh. that was mostly the tourists. 
which in a way I think it was somehow better because since um, there was a lot of tourists, they were more open. So not even open. It's it's it's, it's that they were more nor it was more normal for them to take to take a cocktail and rather than a beer or something like that. Mm. Mm. So you yeah. started a cocktail program at an airport bar. Pretty much that was oh, the wow. time when I started to do my I, own, own own menu and everything. Yeah, because that's the kind of place where I like everybody's just they already know what they like to drink and they're just like waiting for a <laughs> flight, right? So like how did that go over? How did you get people drinking cocktails? I think that's amazing. Well, you know, there is a lot of delays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so then it's easy to convince them. You yeah. Know, you, <laughs> you know, you have six, seven, eight hours in the airport. <laughs> Yeah, you've already had five beers. How about a cocktail? <laughs> uh, so, but uh, let's talk a little bit about how just working in an airport bar is. We haven't had yeah. anybody on the show who's who's done that. So, what are the uh, challenges? What are the, what, what's fun about it? What is fun about it? I think <laughs> the, the, the fun part was that, um, you know, in other kind of bars, you may can have annoying customers yep. let's just say like this yeah. it's not really going to happen in the airport because if they are drinking too much then easily they're not gonna take their flight so the people doesn't really like to risk right so in in this case it was easy that people knew that okay this is the limit and that's it so in this case it was very easy mm, challenges well it was challenging because that was the first time that i actually did my own menu so of course the first i must say the first menu it was a catastrophe <laughs> but then of course it it was it started to get better better and better all the so time you learn what were some of the mistakes that you feel like you made on the on your first list oh i think for me the most difficult is to to do a winter menu I'm, I still doesn't feel comfortable with, with the winter drinks. And I remember the first time when I did the, the menu, it was actually a winter menu. So everything was like super creamy and super sweet and super syrup. And I was like, nah, <laughs> something <laughs> yeah. that now I'm just trying to forget it and, yeah. and never, ever again. What a, how do you feel about seasonal menus in general? Because I'm starting to get like off of that because, first of all, Canada, we really only have two seasons now. And by the time you get someone used to the to the one drink that's seasonal, then it's all the season's over. And like, you know, and you decide to come up with a new one. And um, and also, I just I, I'm, I'm almost moving more towards like a feature cocktail for a season rather than having a list. But what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, definitely. A seasonal cocktail can can give you some some hard times because first of all, the the time that you put there to to figure out what you're gonna do for that three four months or mm-hmm. let's say six months, and then it of course takes another time to learn that menu, and when it's over, then you start the whole process again. So of course, somehow it's it's. Um, it's hard, but uh, at the same time, I still like to do it because it, it, it keeps me do something. I feel all the time motivated. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't really have much problem with it. Yeah, it's kind of like, but you're always developing at that point, really, because... It, exactly, a, you yeah. always learn from your mistakes. Somehow you always try to to get to know your customs. You are you feel that you are getting a little bit more connected to them because you learn that, okay, this cocktail didn't go. It didn't go because of this. So somehow you, feel, you, you started to notice that, okay, well, this is just something that the customs are never, ever going to take. Mm-hmm. And... Um, those are some yeah, of your you biggest to disappointments know. too, right? Like when you really feel like you nailed a cocktail and it just doesn't sell. Uh, yeah, there was there was some some drinks that I felt that okay, this is this is something that I, I feel is so good, and I I asked all my friends and they are like, wow, this is really nailing. And then on the reality, when you're trying to sell, it's just whack whack. <laughs> Yeah. Really <laughs> I know. I, I I got started getting way out there at one point during my career, and I was like doing shit with like metal tea balls in the drinks, and I was so fucking proud of it. And then we would sell like one in a month, and, like, <laughs> and but I'm buying a shit ton of ingredients for it every day. It's ridiculous, like and especially with the fresh ingredients, like they go bad, and then you're like just wasting so much. But well, you you can't tell customers what they want to drink unfortunately <laughs> yeah i remember there was one um quite crazy drink i was doing in the airport because mostly we had asian customers and of course you know asians they are taking everything everything what is new everything what is weird what is different they're going to take so we were a nordic style of restaurant and uh, i wanted to do something that okay no one really hasn't really did before quite weird and still nordic style so i came up with uh, with the drink that it had the bourbon inside and uh, a scotch and then i did uh, uh, reindeer jam and i was mixing putting a little bit of basil so it was quite smoky and salty it was very very interesting Uh, asians loved it I think locals made may didn't like that much. Yeah. Oh wow. So what do you consider like what's Nordic style for our listeners who don't know at all like me? Uh Nordic <laughs> style of drinks I would say everything comes with berries. They really really love berries. Uh-huh. They really like uh gin as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the food, I would say that everything what is smoky, reindeer, a lot of mushrooms, a uh, lot of salad. This is typical Nordic. Pickle, so what? Pickled what, herring. Yeah. yeah pickle, everything has to be pickled exactly. Yeah. Yes. And and how like what's the what have you found pairs best with that style of cooking? Like, because when you're making a list, do you feel it's important to pair it with the food that you're serving at the restaurant? Uh, of course, I am trying to to pair the mm-hmm. the drinks somehow with the with the food. But still, I feel that this is something I still have to learn how to. It's fucking hard. Really, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's really, really hard. Yeah, like it's, it took me years to just figure out how to pair wine and um, food properly, but then you try and do, <laughs> exactly. try and do it with cocktails. It's hard. Like at least beers or wine, they have a specific like it's it's already been made for you. You know what I mean? Like so, it's like okay, I tasted this. I think this will 
tastes good with this that's on our menu, so you can recommend it. But when you're when you're the one making it, like you're crafting the cocktail, you're trying to say, okay, we're serving reindeer or we're serving um, reindeer covered or berry covered reindeer. <laughs> then it's like, how do you uh, like how do you find a, a flavor that goes with that? And when it's your responsibility, it's not easy, right? It's not. No. Speaking of wine, how popular is wine in a Nordic country like Finland? Is that something that a lot of people want? Uh, more like hard liquor? I think wine is still quite popular here. Of yeah. course, most of the wines are coming from Chile, Argentina. Oh, really? Uh, Italy. So the, these are the, the main sources we have. Uh, have there been any issues, um, COVID-related issues, with any of that exporting around the around Europe, or is it still just business as usual? Uh, it's, it's still going normally. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't affect. So this bar that you're working at now is obviously was this the first one in a, a long stretch that wasn't a hotel style bar? Uh, yeah, quite a long time. Mm-hmm. first one i would say oh. so and, and i know you felt like that was your comfort zone you just come off working at an airport as well which is has similarities to working in a hotel obviously with the tourism um mm-hmm. what what made you make the leap out of your comfort zone and how how like describe some of the differences you found uh, like you you mean between this place and the previous or yeah like between like this place that's not a hotel or airport related bar that you're working at now and like working in a hotel bar uh okay now i don't really wait can you uh, can you say it? oh yeah well okay well let's start with this let's let's say what what made you make the leap when you were working in your comfort zone in the hotel bars for so long what what prompted you to be like okay i'm gonna try a different type of bar now well it i think it was more that uh well of course when the COVID came I unfortunately also lost my job, so okay. it was really difficult to find, and uh, pretty much that's why now I went to this. Oh, okay. So it was more story. out of more out of necessity than. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so have you found any major differences in your clientele now that you're not working at a hotel or an airport? Uh, it is different because now I'm more surrounded by by locals, which. Mm-hmm. In the past four years, three and a half years was was different. So of course, it took some time to to get used to it. That now I'm again uh, working with a lot of locals, but otherwise, it's it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you you crafted your most recent list, and now you're doing it for more locals, are are there? changes you had to make i know you said there was also like getting people used to being dealing with craft cocktails but like and drinking craft cocktails but is there a difference between a list you would make at an airport bar say or a hotel bar and like this jazz bar uh i think yes now of course i'm since it's they are more focusing on jazz and it's italian of course i'm trying to use more uh, an Italian product as well, and something that it would goes easily with with a with a cozy evening that you just chilling and listening the music. Of course, I feel that that uh, in here I have to bring bring up something totally different than in the airport because in the airport it was, as you also said, that sometimes people didn't really had much time, 
And of course, when they don't have much time, that means I don't have much time to to prepare the drinks for them. Mm-hmm. So I have to come up with something easy that it's not going to take too long time for me to do it. But in here, of course, people have a lot of time because they are enjoying the music and everything. So I can do whatever I want. Oh, right. Yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. Um, the, so when you're moving to like um, a completely different kind of bar, you're now serving at an Italian style restaurant, jazz club. Yeah. What are you in? What have you discovered that you're incorporating with regards to Italian liqueurs? What are you using? Uh, wow, I'm using a lot of cava, a lot of uh, sparklings. Oh. I'm using a lot of uh, Camparis. Um, <laughs> now I'm thinking what else I'm trying to use. Uh, some aromatized wines, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always try to make it, um, whenever I do a list, uh, of course, it has to have some kind of uh, style, but at the same time that it's going to be, let's say, like more like Italian, but at the same time, I always want that everyone is going to find at least one drink to themselves that it may be Italian style, but still, we I'm using an Italian spirit for it, but still... Uh, you can find anything that it's it's for your own taste. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite cocktail to drink when you go to a bar? Negroni. Negroni. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, okay. So if you're uh, you're now making a list, and obviously it's more difficult now uh, with COVID, and you're on like, capacity restrictions, etc. Uh, are you at a stall spot right now? Like for instance, we haven't, people keep asking us like, well, when are we going to update our cocktail list? And I'm like, it's kind of hard to do right now when you're so limited by how many people are coming in. Well, I started this job, like, I think like five months ago, something like that. In this five months, I did already three. Oh, there wow. was a summer, there was a whole year and there was a winter. So now I'm trying to a little bit rest, but of course, I think around February I'm planning to to already do something different because I think right now on middle of December uh, and January is going to be totally dead. So right. it's time to think how the spring is going to be and the summer is going to be. Yeah, I think we're all kind of looking forward to spring and vaccines are available. <laughs> people are coming back out again because uh, it's going to be a rough winter. For us. And that's, that's the thing that I'm not sure how, if people are going to come back again or if they're going to come back, how are they going to come back? Because I'm a little bit afraid, like, now the all the bars has to change somehow. The mm. whole system has to somehow change to make it more safe or uh, not even about safe, but um, you don't know how the customs are going to, to react on this whole thing when everything is going to be totally open and all these people are going to go to the street and you don't know what your guest wants or if they're going to feel safe to, for example, to travel mm-hmm. or if they're going to feel safe to, to go to a, a bar and have a drink where there yeah. is already like hundred people. Yeah. That's interesting. And also like how much money disposable income are people going to have to. Exactly. A lot of people are going to lose the job. A lot of fantastic bartenders are losing the job. Lots of great bars are closing and well, let's let's face it. 
usually bartenders they do this because they love to do it and they this is pretty much the only thing what they know yeah i know and like once you've given yourself into like services i've been doing it for 30 years it's like okay if my bar closes and if i'm out of a job like it's not like i can just easily shift career choices at this point in my life you know right so it's it's gonna be it's it's definitely a scary time for everybody i'm optimistic that once the vaccines are rolled out and the weather turns again and we like get over this spike that we're that we're all going to get a little bit back to normal because i think people are going to be craving that social experience again yeah but how is it for you there that uh, is it possible to have for example a takeaway cocktail or something uh they just are letting us do that right now actually yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. so people were doing like make like stay make your own kit type cocktail thing you know what i mean like mm-hmm. where we provide like a small bottle of booze a syrup and whatever in like a kit and you take it home but now we are actually they just passed it last week i think where we can actually batch the cocktail for them and sell mm-hmm. it to them so i don't know we're gonna give it a shot i don't know how many but my my thing is like what's the market for that though really you know like people <laughs> if people can still just go to the <laughs> store and they, uh, why are they paying because part of the, what i think like, more mostly bartenders are actually yeah exactly <laughs> right like part of what what we sell people on with our with, when we raise the price on a cocktail or whatever is the ambiance of the place that they're sitting in, right? Exactly. So, so if you could just go to the your local liquor hut and uh, buy the shit yourself, like why? Yeah. I don't yeah. know why people. I don't understand the, the what the motivation for a customer would be. That really is only just to support the places, I guess. Yeah. Can Can you do takeaway cocktails at all right now? That's the thing that I actually wanted to say that we are unfortunately not really. Oh. We are not allowed to do it. The law doesn't let it. So. Right. Can you sell any liquor through the bar? Like say take it. Oh, oh, there yeah. we go. Did, did, did uh, you yes. Now we are back. back. Okay. Yeah. 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 Can, yeah. yeah. can you sell? Uh, are bars in Finland able to sell, like, say, take-home wine at least at all, or anything? Uh, absolutely nothing. No, oh, nothing but this alcohol. So that uh, makes it really difficult for you guys. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really, really hard to come up with something new if if you cannot have any alcohol for takeaway. So. Right. Uh, we talked to a few people in the U.S. who are doing kind of uh, making cocktails at home and delivering them to people. But uh, under the table, kind of. Yeah, sort of <laughs> under the table. But that's. But I like. I I wish them all the best of luck. We all got to get creative and do what we can right now. But it just seems like a lot of work for very little return. It is a lot of work, and if you think about it, it's been almost like eight months or something that since we have this whole COVID, and I don't know how much this pays off. Right. For real, like well, to and, do it and. And take it food does not come back. pay off very much either. That's, that's like, yeah, that's I like, think that the, the the most difficult part in here right now to be still motivated and try to to not lose your passion is that most of the people are actually most of the bartenders are lost their job and somehow to still be as motivated as before or even more to to try to hold on and wait until this vaccine is gonna come and then maybe they're going to get job. Yeah. That's the hardest, I think. It is hard. It's like we're losing a lot of good um, service industry professionals because they're just like, fuck this, I got to find something. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, I I appreciate you coming on, Adrian, and um, I hope things clear up for all of us. Hopefully, you'll see you soon. Like your <laughs> your bar will be back bumping, and you'll have music again, and making a new a new seasonal list. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I hope the same for you guys. Okay, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.